Cloud resources can get out of control if proper management constraints are not put in place. Cloud Custodian enables users to be well-managed in the cloud. Cloud Custodian is a YAML DSL that allows you to easily define rules to enable a well-managed cloud infrastructure, giving security and cost optimizations. Kapil Thengavelu works on Cloud Custodian, and he joins the show to talk about modern cloud management and what he's building with Cloud Custodian. Kapil, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Simple question. What is a cloud resource? A cloud resource is any type of thing you can provision through one of the cloud APIs that exists within the cloud control plane. So an S3 bucket, an EBS snapshot, Google Cloud Function are all resources that you're creating and provisioning in your respective cloud provider using their control plane APIs. Why is it difficult to manage cloud resources? Because there's so many ways that people can provision them. They can create them in the console. They can create them using Terraform or CloudFormation or CDK or Pulumi or Ansible. And so there's so many different ways of provisioning and creating these resources that it creates additional, and there's so many permutations around the configuration of them that it creates a problem of how do you manage them across all the different app teams within an organization. So individual teams might use different technologies, but at the same time, an organization wants to make sure that regardless of what tools a team used, that their overall footprint of resources is being well-managed. Is management of cloud resources about cost, or is it about just garbage collection policy? What exactly is it important for? So I'd say an organization being well-managed in the cloud really comes out to like three broad pillars. One aspect is security, just making sure that the resources that are being provisioned are not being shared excessively outside of an organization's boundaries. All these cloud resources are typically URL accessible just by knowing the identifier. So making sure like so that traditional notion of network perimeter security really has shifted out to being the configuration of these resources since they are effectively globally accessible through a URL. Second bucket is things around, as you noted, cost optimization. So finding things that might be have been over-provisioned that aren't being utilized anymore and being able to detect those and potentially clean them up, resize them, turn them off at night to affect additional cost savings. And then the third tier is really around sort of operations slash compliance. So making sure all of your resources are tagged correctly for cost accounting purposes, making sure that all of your resources are logging to a centralized bucket and other operational things like taking backups, et cetera. So really, you know, when we look at what we're doing, it's really about helping an organization be well-managed in the cloud across all these different dimensions. What is Cloud Custodian? So Cloud Custodian is an open source project that I started when I was at Capital One in 2015. And it was really about looking at how the organization was handling all different aspects of going to the cloud. And a lot of the things were that mapped to either controls or good governance and operations were done as one-off scripts. And as I looked forward to where the organization was at the time, at the beginning of their cloud journey to where they would be going, that there were going to be thousands of these things. And so Custodian started off as a way of making it simpler to author policies by creating using a YAML DSL, marrying it up to serverless 
runtimes of the different cloud providers for real-time enforcement, and then being able to drive behavior change through notifications and remediations of things. I was open sourced in 2016, and so I've been leading in the development and community ever since. And it's really targeted to be a, a one-stop shop for organizations to, to find a tool that can address across all these different needs to being well-managed in the cloud. Give a few examples of how Cloud Custodian is useful. So a, a couple of use cases for Cloud Custodian. I think we, you know, making sure that all of your assets have uh, proper, you know, encryption at rest across all their storages, making sure that all of your resources, which potentially have embedded access control policies, are not granting access outside of your org, setting up develop off hours for turning things off at night in development environments across databases, servers, compute resources, some all the sort of use cases that are around those three pillars of security, cost optimization, and, and governance operations are really things that people can express with Custodian. Custodian itself, you know, supports hundreds of different resources, uh, given policies, a set of filters, and a set of actions to, fil- to find the interesting set of cloud resources and then take some action set of actions on them. And people have expressed, you know, it's possible to express millions of different policies with Custodian. And so we've seen that across, you know, potentially setting up, you know, DDoS protection around all of your public endpoints, make sure all of your public endpoints are logging, doing network security. And so verifying that you're using TLS 1.2 or 1.3 encryption across all of your internal endpoints. The laundry list of things that people do is quite large. And generally speaking, we see that organizations that adopt custodian just continue to have more and more policies to the tunes of thousands of policies that across different things that they need to do. Describe the usage of Cloud Custodian in more detail. So Cloud Custodian itself, you know, it's a one-line install. It's a, it's a CLI tool. We very much try to promote the use of it in a GitOps fashion where you author policies as code in YAML form. You version control them. You do CI on them, doing dry runs and schema validations and code reviews. And then you run the tool itself. So Custodian, you write a YAML file with policies that are contained within it. Each policy targets a particular resource type, say S3 buckets. It comes with a execution mode, which allows you to say either that you want to look at everything that you have out there, or potentially you want to do an execution mode where you're actually looking at and doing you're executing a policy in response to a given event. And we Custodian itself supports dozens of different event modes across all three major public cloud providers, AWS, Azure, GCP. So an event mode might be whenever I create a bucket or modify a bucket, invoke this policy. When you run the CLI, the CLI will actually provision the appropriate serverless stack on the different cloud providers such that as those event API calls are happening, that the policy itself is going to be invoked. And so it's provisioning itself into the serverless runtimes of the different providers and hooking up the event streams for you. Tell me more about what is coming across these event streams. So typically what Custodian is doing is enabling you to, to look at the API calls that are happening in the cloud control plane. So all the different providers have APIs and those APIs are all have some form of an audit log. So Custodian is basically saying, allowing you to subscribe to those different API calls and as they're happening, be able to invoke a policy to verify that what's being created or modified is still compliant to what the organization's goals are. 
in you know GCP that we use. It's and that's is all happening and fairly effectively in real time with a latency of a few seconds in terms of after the fact of the API call. So, what are the advantages of using Cloud Custodian? So, there's a number of advantages. I, I think you know for a lot of organizations adopting the cloud ends up being a longer process because they also have to deal with the risk and compliance and security and optimization aspects of it. And Custodian gives you a tool that allows you to sort of govern at scale at speed and doing it in a real time way. What was first, you know, building Custodian out, we noticed that different parts of the org would have different tools and they ended up becoming like a big wall of red. So being able to actively do remediation and enforcement and being able to drive the behavior change to the developers by letting them know in real time, like sending them a Slack message if they launch a database on the internet, but as well as you know removing and fixing the problem as well. So teaching the users within the organization how they can do things per organization policy in the future, but also fixing the problem immediately. And it ends up being like the set of things that we that custodian addresses end up being sort of a set of universal needs that I've seen across thousands of organizations that are using custodian today. Tell me more about the engineering problems of building cloud custodian. So, you know, one interesting aspect has been, you know, doing testing with custodian and testing the code base. Like custodian supports, you know, hundreds of resources, hundreds of filters and hundreds of actions. And you can sort of combine those like Lego bricks. When we were looking at, you know, how do we, make sure that we're actually, and we're testing a lot of the surface area, exercising a lot of the surface API area of the cloud providers. So one of the questions was, is how do we ensure that we're doing great testing around these things? Because people are using these in mission critical production environments. And so we, we settled on a technique called flight recording, where we're actually just, you know, writing to disk all the HTTP responses from the cloud providers. And that's been really useful in a couple different contexts. One is that we're able to, where the test itself has, you know, encoded its context and set up, we're actually able to take the, those unit tests and actually run them as functional tests, where we'll, you know, provision non-compliant infrastructure, run the policy, verify its behavior, and we can run those as sort of, you know, offline unit tests as part of our CI. And we're up to, I think, up you know, 3,000 plus unit tests around the different cloud providers. And bringing that same semantic across all the different providers, GCP, Azure, AWS, so that we have, you know, good in-depth coverage across the surface space. We looked at, you know, doing tools, you know, mocking and stubbing, but unfortunately they just, they weren't high fidelity enough to all the different corner cases around some of the API areas. We've actually recently been doing some work here to actually expose some of this capability to end users to be able to author tests for their policies where they can stand up non-compliant infrastructure using a tool like Terraform and then validate that their policy actually detected it and you know took appropriate action successfully. Another interesting challenge has been, you know, Custodian has I think we're up to close to 300 contributors. So, you know, a lot of the code base is evolved and we've relied heavily on sort of our having fairly good test coverage to allow us to refactor cleanly and freely. You know, so many different contributors with so many different styles. We've relied heavily on linting and, and, and various CI tools to help sort of bring a uniformity to the code base. I think, you know, some of the tools in Python that exist for sort of automatic formatting, you know, Facebook's got a tool called Black. Obviously, in other languages like Go, that's built in. It would be nice to sort of do. And we've got some additional refactorings that we want to do. 
you know, originally Custodian was just around AWS, but as we've added more providers, we actually want to refactor out a clean core so that all the providers are in, installable independently. Currently, the AWS one is sort of always available by default. So a lot of it's just been figuring out how to sort of scale the community. A lot of our users are in enterprises. It's actually been interesting looking at how many users create a GitHub account just to interact with the Custodian project, which I've always found interesting. And so some of it's also about educating our user population on sort of what is good etiquette with regards to open source. And then, of course, and trying to encourage contributions. How does the DSL and Cloud Custodian work? So internally to Custodian uh, Codebase, we actually have sort of a plugin architecture around resources and the various filters and providers. That class model for a given resource actually is used we specify in sort of metadata on those classes what the expression capabilities are, how that class element could be used, specified in a policy. And we typically are doing that through JSON schema fragments. At runtime, we'll actually generate a JSON schema that's used to validate the YAML file based on what the actual resource types that are loaded. Originally, we actually generated out for everything we supported, but we've gone to more of a lazy loading technique where we dynamically generate the schema on the fly based on what's actually in use. And that's also been part of our engineering efforts around reducing cold start latency in serverless environments to use lazy loading throughout our runtime. So the actual YAML policies are effectively an array of policies. Each of the policies specifies a resource type, an execution mode, one of those event modes of filters and actions. And those filters, actions, executions, resource types are all sort of being sourced dynamically from these different registries. And then as we go to actually execute the file, we'll do an automatic run validation with JSON schema. We can also do a dry run to sort of see what resources the policy would, have, would find without actually taking actions on them. What's the deployment model for Cloud Custodian? So, you know, Custodian came out of a large enterprise and I've been in the open source community for 20 years and what I was trying to avoid was sort of a Conway's law of the project itself being more reflective of the organization that originated it versus its intended usage. And so Custodian takes a very unopinionated view with regards to how people want to deploy it. There are users that use it on their laptop as just an interactive query tool for the cloud. There are users that deploy it in GitHub and you know, GitLab CI or Jenkins or Kubernetes. And we're pretty unopinionated about how a user should deploy it because you know, if we look at, we recommend to them they treat it as part of their, their CI process, that they have a policy repo, that they treat policies as code, and that they do and engage, employ some form of GitOps mentality to deploying policies and executing them. But you know, CI tools vary widely across organizations and, and even within an organization. So to avoid being too overly coupled to that, we distribute several tools that can be used in different CI runners that will do you know, automatic analysis of a policy repo to generate out the minimal diff of policies and be able to do you know, a dry run on, on that subset and be able to validate across the whole thing. So in some cases, we see deployment models that are using centralized accounts to sort of manage across a set of all the other accounts of an organization. And I'm using an account interchangeably for a GCP project and an Azure subscription. In some cases, we see them deployed as sort of 
Leaf node deployed separately within each of the accounts. And we really are unopinionated about which way an organization chooses to do that because there's trade-offs to both. There's you know, blast radius or considerations around centralized, and then there's sort of infrastructure management considerations around going decentralized. To point in a different way, like Estonian is deploying some of its own you know, cloud infrastructure assets, Lambda functions, uh, Google Cloud functions, Azure serverless functions, to subscribe to those event streams. And those can be managed from a deprovisioning perspective through traditional tools that we deploy. In some cases, we found that users want to use a more standardized provisioning tool uh, that they may already be familiar with. And so we have some basic support for sharing out like cloud formation templates from policies. But generally speaking, we find the vast majority of our users use the built-in provisioning capabilities of the custodian CLI. Does Cloud Custodian vary in its coverage based on the cloud provider that you're using? Definitely. We've had a lot of great contributions from different organizations, including folks from the GCP, AWS, and Azure cloud providers have all had contributions into Custodian. But I would say right now, we have a significant portion of our user population is definitely on AWS. We have a significant number of users on Azure from a, and I think probably GCP probably has the fewest users, although we have fairly good coverage, I think, through most of the things. Part of the challenge with keeping up with the capabilities is also keeping up with all the new features that are coming out of the cloud. So it requires sort of constant iteration and tracking to keep up with all the new features that the providers themselves are producing. From a coverage perspective, I'd probably say I would be hesitant to try to spitball a number, but I'd say by far, AWS, I think we have the strongest coverage. I think Azure is probably second with GCP third as far as, and when I'm talking about coverage, I'm talking about addressing every single capability of that provider with a coverage goal of around 90%. Are there any elements of cloud management that are particularly hard to implement through Cloud Custodian? I'm not really, none of the common ones, I can't really think of too many. The ones that I think end up being, there are some that are more interesting, but they tend to be more data analysis problems, like doing analysis of all of your CloudTrail logs to do automatic IAM minification on your roles to to create least privilege things or going through your flow logs to understand the connectivity models. So they tend to be more data-oriented problems of crunching through big data sets to, to find answers. With regards to the general cloud management capabilities and protecting resources, there's been, a, I think we have fairly strong coverage. I think there's been a lot of industry shifting though to moving to more of a shift left, a DevSecOps pipeline, where a lot of the evaluation of whether or not a resource is compliant or not is actually moving to actually happen within the CI pipeline directly against the infrastructure as code assets that might be in Terraform or, or CloudFormation or Azure Research Templates, for example. And so part of what we're doing now in the open source is actually building out, trying to build out additional capabilities for custodian policies to be able to evaluate as more of a static analysis of those types of assets directly within the pipelines themselves. How does Cloud Custodian help with compliance? So a lot of what compliance is, is providing evidence that you've done something, that you've looked for the thing that you're trying to be compliant to, and then you're providing evidence that you've been looking for sort of continuously, and this is what you found or didn't find. And so, you know, Custodian has this notion of very rich outputs, 
you know, metrics outputs, distributed tracing outputs, uh, structured records into a blob store. So typically an organization will set up a policy that is running. They use the policy repo and Git ends up being a an audit log of the policies themselves that are being and when they came into effect in a given environment. And then the execution outputs from a policy are typically directed to a blob store like S3 or Google Buckets, that GCS storage. And there, those things then form sort of an audit record of evidence on, for a given account tenant boundary for this policy and this resource type, this is what was found at a given point in time. Tell me more about the usage of filters in Cloud Custodian. Sure. So... Our filtering language is pretty rich, so we have a default value filter, which is generally designed to allow you to do any sort of attribute matches on a resource. And it's using a language called JMES path, which was originally came from sort of the AWS CLI as a dash dash query option. And it exists at jmespath.org. It's sort of a, a loose standard, more de facto implementation. It's been picked up by the Azure CLI and some other tools. We want to think of it as a library-based JQ, so that you can now sort of point at nested data structures within, say, a JSON or a JSON document and do some arbitrary querying particular keys and values. And so our default value filter is designed to allow you to, to dig into any cloud resource in its JSON description down to any nested level. And then we use that for a whole host of things from, you know, finding out when your certificate's going to expire to making sure that your access keys are being rotated just by passing in different types of values and doing conversions. In addition to that, we do a lot of sort of related filters. And most of these resources exist sort of within a graph. A, a compute node is attached to a network and it has this particular service account or IAM access role. And those have access to particular sets of resources. So we use our ability to query the cloud control plane and having these resource coverage to allow you to do related resource filters. So being able to verify that you're using the appropriate encryption key for this particular storage bucket. And so those sort of one hop relationships are something that we also directly express as filters. And that you can of course do, you know, as an example, making sure that the subnet that you're deploying a compute instance to has an appropriate tag that denotes that it's private or that it's for the application. And so being able to do that secondary attribute evaluation on a related resource ends up being a way of expressing a lot of common policy uses. And then around all these individual types of filters, these value filters, these related filters, and lots of ad hoc ones that we produce suited to purpose or use case, is the notion that we can combine these in arbitrary ors and ands and nots and with nesting so that you're able to simply express additional policies. We're actually, we've actually been doing work on actually adopting a simpler expression language. I've always been sensitive to policies should be easy to author and easy to read. So trying to avoid sort of I guess, politely, YAML vomit. And so how do we make things very concise and succinct to express? And we've been looking at a new de facto standard from Google called Common Expression Language. And we've had one of our contributors from Capital One has written a cell Python implementation, which expresses the cell expression attribute language directly within available in Python, which Custodian itself has written in, and that we're looking at now being able to expose as a new type of filter one where you're effectively doing multi-attribute matching within a single you know, expression line. 
you have a business around Cloud Custodian, is that correct? That's correct. So earlier this year, I've been leading the Custodian project and community for the last four years. And earlier this year, I decided that, you know, one of the best ways to accelerate the growth and adoption of Custodian would be to actually start up a company around it. And so me and my co-founder, Travis, have started up a company called Stacklet, which is really designed to help organizations be well-managed in the cloud and by building on top of Custodian to deliver that out-of-the-box value and scale for organizations that want to adopt Custodian for governance and security and management purposes. In addition to that, we've also been working with some of our partners in the community, Capital One, Microsoft, Amazon, to actually move the Custodian project itself into a foundation. So it is now the Cloud Native Compute Foundation as a sandbox project. And what's your vision for the company? Our vision for the company is to continue to lead the development of Custodian, to continue to add features to it, but also to build out the tooling that organizations need to be able to successfully adopt Custodian at scale. And so, you know, like I said, Custodian itself is very unopinionated about how to deploy things. And that's partly because different organizations have different needs. But as we go to build out product at Stacklet, what we're trying to do is give users an out-of-the-box experience of managing policies and GitOps and executing across lots of accounts and hierarchies of mapping of those policies to those accounts and having sort of that out-of-the-box experience, having UI, UX around man- be able to manage and report on those things as well. Whereas with Cassini itself, like, you know, the philosophy is, is it's going to generate the structured outputs and it'll drop them into cloud into one of the stack driver metrics or CloudWatch metrics. And the best dashboard there in that context is the one that you're already using and you're simply pulling the data from it. Whereas with something like Stacklet Platform, what we're trying to do is actually deliver that value to you directly without you having to, you know, configure or to aggregate it into your existing reporting capabilities. So let's say I have a data science heavy stack and I'm spinning up tons and tons of resources to do intensive machine learning jobs. Would Cloud Custodian help me in that regard? So what Custodian's intended to do is make sure that those stacks that you're creating are configured appropriately per the organization's guidelines. So Custodian itself is not a provisioning tool. It's there to make sure that a you know, if the organization wants to make sure that all the data is encrypted at rest, that that's the case. It wants to make sure that then all that data that you're doing in that data science stack is being made accessible outside of the organization's boundary. It can help ensure that, you know, if you leave that stack up accidentally, that it gets shut down. And so it's not about helping an application team provision. It's about helping the organization ensure compliance regardless of those application team choices. Describe the onboarding experience for somebody using Cloud Custodian. So right now, you know, like it's a one-line install. So you would download it. You would look for policies. Custodian doesn't currently just the rules engine itself. We have example policies. There's community repos of various policies. So typically your first step is either using one of those as a starting point or authoring one from scratch. You then need to set up a cloud credential against the different policy for that's appropriate for your policy. That gives you regards to API access and, and the right level of permissions. And then you just run the CLI. So you download, you create a policy in a text editor, and then you run the CLI. And then once I start running it, how could I explore it? What might I want to do with Cloud Custodian? 
So we have interactive built-in command line help that shows sort of all the different resources and filters and actions along with examples. And that's sort of built in and also forms the basis for our reference docs. And we've got, you know, a few dozen examples for each of the providers or on things you can do. I guess part of the question is really focused on, you know, what the use cases an organization has or what the user has for what they're looking to do. I've definitely used custodian in, in larger environments. It's just sort of an ad hoc query of just trying to understand, well, like, you know, who is using this particular army or being able to use it as sort of a Swiss army knife with regards to answering ad hoc questions. But in terms of what you do with the next, a lot of it's based on what your use cases are. Some organizations come and they start off with just doing basic tag management, our own resources, make, being able to auto tag things as they're created to know who actually made them. And then they move on to potentially doing some basic security checks, doing some cost optimization. Then, you know, where people take things is really open-ended based on where they want to go. And so we have capabilities around lots of different things, but we don't really prescribe to users which what they should be doing. They typically already know, or if they don't know, then they're on the path of learning. A great example is maybe tag policies because, you know, it's one of those things that every organization has a tag policy, but no two are the same. And so there's a lot of differentiation that happens at, between individual orgs in terms of what they actually want to do or enforce. And so part of that is knowing what those are to be able to express them. And how might I test my policies? So right now with testing a policy, you would typically stand up some component of the infrastructure, the cloud resource that you're trying to write your policy for, and then run the policy and found the resource that it took the right action on that resource and everything worked as expected. So that's sort of the basic way that people have written policies to date. One of the things, as I alluded to earlier, one things that we're trying to do right now is actually provide a test harness framework around actually writing policy tests with a CLI that will actually stand up that non-compliant or that infrastructure you're trying to find using uh, standardized IAC tools like Terraform. Can you tell me about a more esoteric use case for a cloud custodian? Oh, there's so many. Yeah, so we have a chat channel with about 1,300 users, and I think I see something new or different just about every other day. So as an example, somebody that wants to delete all of their resources, but only during the holiday break between Christmas and New Year's. So basically nuke out the dev environments during the holidays. And so Custodian has this capability called conditions, which allow you to express policies that, you know, you've committed and merged, but like say the change order for them, but they say they're not going to be in effect for some time in the future. And then we support different capabilities around deletion and modification of resources. That's a good question. I honestly don't know that I've seen what is particularly odd or weird. I generally find it when talking to users and they provide sample policies, but I still learn every day people doing new and interesting things with Custodian that I never would have anticipated. So once I've attached policies to different resources, what might I do with those policies and, and resources? Like, what am I querying them? Am I evaluating them? Am I triggering things based off of them? Tell me more about that. So when you write a policy for a given resource, depending on how you're running it. So some people use our default mode is something called a poll mode, where we're just going to 
you know, effectively you set up a timer, a cron job that runs that policy at whatever interval you feel is appropriate. And it's going to go look at everything in the fleet. So all of the, you know, instances of that particular resource type. When you go to an event-based mode, effectively you're only looking at changes to your fleet or things that are coming up that are new. And so they tend to be useful in different contexts. In many cases, organizations are, you know, they're not starting in a green field. They're, they're starting with an existing environment. And so they may say, well, let's give 30 days grace to everyone that's in this existing environment with regards to, let's say, moving to a new, you know, TLS standard version. And so they will give a grace period for the things that are already existing based on a date filter around their creation. They will then create a, an event-based policy that will sort of do that enforcement for all the net new things that are coming into the environment. And so you can also do this notion of sort of chaining policies together to create simple workflows. So being able to say, as in a human expression of a policy, being able to say, anything that's not tagged correctly, send the creator an email, and after a one week, go ahead and stop that resource and send another email. And after another week, go ahead and delete the resource. And so you can chain these policies together using sort of what we call mark for op as a action and as a filter, which effectively just uses a tag message on the resource to say that, you know, in a week we will take this particular action. And so you can get very rich capabilities and sort of human semantics around policies by sort of chaining these policies together. Tell me about some of the more advanced usage of Cloud Custodian. So the advanced usage of Custodian tends to be organizations that have sort of thousands of policies that are managing across thousands of accounts and then using some of our advanced sort of output capabilities. So Cassini itself has capabilities around, you know, deploying in different execution modes like AWS Config or subscribe to guard duty events hooked up to Google Cloud Security Command Center. But the interesting part is just being able to get a common set of outputs across all these policies. We'll do deep diving into X-ray integration. So like we'll actually do distributed trace outputs around the policy execution itself, all the API calls that are happening and sort of mapped out to the policy hierarchy. But for most users, the advanced usage then typically is about what they're doing in policies. It's not really what we're doing in tools within the custodian itself. It's what they're able to express and how they're able to manage that at their organization's need and scale. And so the most advanced users end up being those with the most number of policies because they continue to use Custodian to enterprise-wide scale. It's an open-source project with bottoms-up growth, but it's different than a lot of projects because it typically gets deployed across an organization's entire cloud footprint. And so those typically have very different needs with regards to the different application teams or lines of business within an organization and which policies they want to have enforced in which environments. But from an advanced perspective, it might be adhering to various standards with regards to like GDPR, PCI, and it might be going through on, you know, advanced event-based policies. And so as a primary maintainer for custodian, I don't spend a lot of time sort of offering policies for users, I really try to focus on making it possible for them to express those themselves. So I, in some cases, I may not be aware of sort of all the things that people are doing today with Custodian. As I said, I am often surprised and find new things people are doing with Custodian every day. So 
couldn't per se answer to some of the advanced use cases that people are already doing. Or I can definitely talk to some of our integrations. And from an integrations perspective, Custodian takes potentially a different view with regards to what the cloud providers themselves are doing. So we recognize that the cloud providers, you know, are naturally going to continue to beyond just their existing breadth of resources and features, they're also going to add capabilities directly related to addressing some of the same problem domains that Custodian does. And so Custodian takes the philosophy of being the easiest way to use those new capability sets as they come out. So be it, you know, you can take a Custodian policy and deploy it as custom configurable and just, you know, but you get a 10x line of reduction with regards to both provisioning and code. You can use it with AWS Security Hub. You can use it with GCP Cloud Security Command Center. Uh, we're actually looking at some capabilities around sort of taking a custodian policy and being able to transform it into some of the Azure policy language. And so a lot of what we're trying to do is just make it easier for users to take advantage of all, of all these cloud features and to enable organizations to be more productive in the cloud. Well, Kapil, is there anything else you'd like to add about Cloud Custodian? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm really excited about some of our movement into being able to evaluate policies against resources earlier in the pipeline and continuing to work on some of our Kubernetes support as sort of a, a fourth provider, and as well growing community as we go on our CNCF journey and looking forward to growing the contributor population and our overall community. Cool. Well, Kapil, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great talking to you. Thanks.